Hello and welcome to In the Art Scene podcast, a place where creatives share their stories. My name is Galina Marquez and I have another cool story prepared for you today. So let's get to it. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of In the Art Scene and I'm having another special guest today. <laughs> I have been following Batsy Silverman for Oh my gosh, probably since the beginning of pandemic or pre-pandemic. And uh, the first time I saw uh, I saw her streetscapes, I was blown away when I realized that they were actually paper collages because they're so highly detailed. They're so well thought through. And I, like, I have no idea. It probably takes you 40 hours to complete every single one of them. More. <laughs> more. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. More. Well, let's let's not jump before, you know, uh, uh-huh. uh, too far ahead. Let's start with the introduction. Please introduce yourself. Yes, uh, Betsy Silverman, and I'm a collage artist. I work entirely with recycled magazines. Um, so I like the aspect of having somewhat green art. Um, I get my donations. People drop them off at my door. Sometimes I don't know who they're from or at um, openings. I might be at an open studio, for example, or a book group or something. And um, I I really, really love what I do. I'm I'm so thrilled to be an artist and to be able to enjoy what I do. Uh, Have you always worked with paper or have you? Yeah, so I, um, I started out at the Rhode Island School of Design, which many people know as RISD. Um, In 2001, I was working on a master's degree in architecture, Um, and it really was a time where architects were beginning to um, be concerned with environmental issues, sustainable design, um, thinking about construction, having emphasis on regional contextualism, and um, this fascinated me, and I as I was working towards my thesis and thinking, how, what should I do? And, you know, what, what am I really drawn to? Um, and I, as I continued to investigate, I, I um, found architects such as Shigeru Bon, who's a Japanese architect. He won the Pritzker prize in 2014, which is the highest, it's like the Oscars of architecture. And he was working with, um, trying to find ways to help people who had been displaced, either um, man-made or natural disasters. It might be earthquakes or other things that happened. And he began with um, taking tubes from factories that he recycled. He treated them and he started to build houses with them. And he went on to to be to build churches just made out of paper tubes that stood for 10 years and I just thought it was so amazing that we could take this humble material and something that was renewable and use it. Um, So I started investigating the material and finding, just kind of exploring everything about it, Um, the structure of it. I love the beauty of how it let light through and, you know, produce shadows and um, how it could absorb noise and Um, So my whole thesis project was paper and building columns and walls and experiences that people could go through and just an exploration of the whole thing. And I graduated from architecture school. My husband was working constantly as an attorney, coming home at 11 o'clock at night. And I had three kids in elementary school and thought, you know, I 
had started in architecture, working at firms, but it was just overwhelming to try to keep up with you know the whole family scene. So I started exploring a lot of different things. I I, I was really still drawn you know to paper, so I went to creating little gift cards. The container store was interested in it. Little kits that I could make. I um, did um, different things like business cards, flyers, um, put together um, things for magazines. Um, but I felt like I still hadn't found what I really loved. And I had gone to this um, presentation uh, of James Dyson, of the Dyson vacuum cleaner company. Mm -hmm. And it was, he, I think he went through over 5,100 prototypes of his model before he finally produced it. And he was just penniless and it, you know, they were, they had their third kid and people thought they were crazy. And it kind of gave you, gave you inspiration to keep going and see, searching and, you know, try to find what you're interested in. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to do a collage of my children. So that was probably I, maybe my first or second collage just made out of paper. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It took me that collage and the second one, which was very, very small, um, took me just months to do it. <laughs> it was crazy. I just didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't, there was nobody had taught me how to do this. And there weren't very many people doing things with paper and collage. So that's how it all started. I, I honestly, like, well, first of all, I bow uh, before you for for the patience that you have <laughs> <laughs> because I have seen some videos on your Instagram page of how you're doing like you're cutting very precise details yeah uh, you're you have a, an incredible sense of color so it like it probably takes you quite a while to search through the magazines and and find exactly the right shade that you need to cut in that very I, I like I don't even I don't even understand it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit in my head. Do you have uh, like the idea and all the patterns pre? Uh, no, so I mean, or you just oh, do it I, on the fly. Yeah, right? I mean, the color theory is really important for what I do. So I had gone back to RISD for a summer and uh -huh. took an take. I took all color theory courses to help me, and then I was in your area in San Diego, flying back for two years, twice a year to this color consulting. Um, you got a certificate for the international association of color consultants. And it was, you know, both experiences were really great. They'd say like, all right, here you have this, you know, patch of color and try to make it look like this color instead by doing other things with it, you know? And so that was really important because it, with paint, you know, you can just mix and get exactly mm -hmm. what you want. With paper, it's it's difficult because you want to find things within the family. Like, let's say you take a Sher Sherwin Williams or a, you know something like that. Like, and you look at the color strips, and it gets down to a you know it's just gradations of color, and it's hard to find. You know, particularly when you're doing um, collages of people all those different things you want, like cool things that like, and I mean, cool by cool colors that mm -hmm. will shadows and, but it still has to be in the correct family. So that education was really important. Um, so what I do is I, I will pull out some stuff to start and then um, I'll draw out little diagrams of each part of the work I'm working on, on trace paper, a lot of architectural tools I use, um, metal rulers. I use a standing magnifying glass, tweezers, 
um, scissors, exacto knives, um, cutting boards with whatever. And I diagram my canvas. Um, so it's got, it's squared out, you know, by inch. And I'll also create a corresponding, um, drawing on trace paper that I can lay over the canvas. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then what I'll do is like, use that little mini drawing and, and put more trace paper on and everything I do, it's like a little template that I create. I'll do a little piece of that, draw it on, on trace paper and then use it as a, a template to cut around. Um, but the way that the it's the paper is organized um, by magazines. So I have thousands and thousands of magazines and they must they're, have a lot of storage space. And it's just organized by um, like, it might be like, here's Martha Stewart, here's food and wine. Here's, you know, a, art in America or whatever. And you sort of over time, and I've been doing it for a long time, you get to know who's photographing things for magazines. And I don't mean like their name or anything, but you understand the style. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking for burgundies or something, I might go to food and wine or Bon Appetit or something like that. And that's how I organize and start to pull. So it's, I'll pull some things initially, but it's really based on as I'm going along and drawing and creating, then I say, all right, I need to take a break and, and go through it all. And that's, that's probably one of the most time consuming things is trying to find things right. Um, I used to, to just um, cut parts of a magazine because I wanted to leave the page just in case there was something, but it made it really hard to flip. So it's basically flipping through, pulling out whole pages and cutting things. And then the floor just becomes this fluffy disaster, you know, a foot high by the end of the project. It <laughs> just wraps. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for some reason, I thought that you would probably just uh, rip them apart and store them by color. Yeah. And a lot of people ask me that. Do you, Is that how you do it? But the thing about it is it's hard if you've got pieces to uh -huh. go through individual pieces, you know, it's like each little piece is a different size. And so for me, I can just like take a magazine and just flip, 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 you know, and you just kind of catch what, you know, your eye catches what it needs. It's, well, it's yeah. more, it's more efficient this way for me. Uh, yeah. And it's probably easier to store as well. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Instead of like a hundred boxes of different. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense that you are, um, Education in architecture makes sense because uh, when I look at your cityscape specifically, because that that's what something that that hooked me onto your art, your cityscapes. Yeah, uh, um, they are so precise. The the perspective and how you um, how you construct the houses and everything, the buildings, uh, it it really does. And what's interesting, the most amazing thing to me personally is that even even the ones behind you right now uh yeah. i look at them sort of from a distance and they look like watercolors yeah or people sometimes think of their photographs depending on what it is or a painting yeah. you know they're highly realistic they have this uh feeling of a watercolor because they're somewhat soft colored kind of soft edges how do you um how do you achieve that result um, well, you know, it's interesting. I, um, my best friend from when I was 12, she's actually a professional photographer, one of the top wedding photographers in the country. And we went through Boston photographing together. It was a lot of fun. And she was saying, you know, I want to see what you're interested in photographing. And it was totally different from what she was. And my photographs are crummy. They're not like anywhere. They're not they don't tend to be beautiful, but I'm always looking for like a really interesting composition, something that makes you feel like you're getting into a perspective. There's a sense of depth 
Um, so I guess when I'm putting it together, I'm just um, not, I'm looking for different things that blend. So your eye will make a hole out of something, but if there, you can find a really cool piece of paper that's the right hue, maybe for a side of a building, but it's got all this text on it. That's a lot of fun or scribbly stuff. That's what I'm looking for to make it like pop out as something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. uh, uh, Yeah. Just mind blowing. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm mumbling. (laughs) But I I love it. Um, You know, I, and usually like you can, um, you're looking, you can see the one way over here. So Uh what I usually do is start from the way back and start building and everything is just a layer on top of a layer. So I might start with a building. Um, I start to layer on windows, different things. So sometimes there might be like six layers of information on any little part that you see. Uh, how many hours on average? Because those pieces are at least 16 by 24, 16 by oh, 20. Oh, they're bigger. They're, they're they bigger. Tend to be, yeah. So the city scenes tend to be um, typical city scene size will be like a 30 by 40 inch canvas or a three wow. feet by four feet canvas, something like that. I've um, done several that are eight feet um, wow. for, for companies, or I did one for a restaurant that's in our seaport district. Um, but if I'm doing something like say a three feet by four feet, it might, it's probably like 250 hours to, to complete. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I, it's full time, you know, this is what I do as a job. I'm, I pretty much, um, do, I'm, it's six and a half days a week, eight to 10 hours a day. Again, I, I <laughs> bow before you <laughs> for your patience. <laughs> that's, that's a hard labor. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, every time I start a new one, I'm so excited, but I also can't wait to be done with the last one. <laughs> the most exciting thing is just signing it. It's like, yay, it's done, you know, but then I get really excited about the next one. So do you, do you work on one at a time or do you I can have- only work on one at a time? It's so different than how people paint where they have to work on multiples because things are drying. That's all I can concentrate on. The the studio is such a mess and I pulled out like in, you know, as I'm working, I might have like a hundred or 200 pages of things I've pulled out that I find really interesting. I have to sift through those, all right, I'm on this part, you know, in this part of the section. And I can't imagine trying to do more than one. And I don't need to because it, there's no drawing. It's just, you know, keep going. And then I'm able to stay concentrated on it. Amazing. Uh, uh, just really amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, Question that personally um, sits in my head, like, how do you not get bored? You know, I just find it so intellectually stimulating to try to find text or imagery that relates to whatever I'm doing. I was doing this Boston scene and there was, I found some stuff about John F. Kennedy, uh, you know, and there was like, he, there happened to be a plaque in that part that was about him. So I was able to add these little bits of information about him, or it might be, um, I'm somewhere and I'm talking about the, the old mayor that we had for 20 years and the new, and you incorporate his name somehow into a building or just talk about the scene, what, you know, this is Boston or one, one work I did was called Boston moves. And what was really fun about that was it was this scene of all these cars, um, on a main street in Boston and nobody was moving. That's why it was called Boston moves. And it was, it was sort of making fun of the fact that Boston has at times the worst 
traffic in the whole country. Sometimes it's labeled. And I found these things like 187 miles per hour and like nobody, we're all stuck in traffic or like a speedometer was put in the back windshield of a car, you know, just time is on everyone's mind and there were moving vans and people were moving things in and out, but like everything was stuck. So it's like this, you're trying to create this whole scene of like this layers of information. And I find that really fun to be able to do. That's kind of like one of the best things about, you know, collage is all the text and imagery you can incorporate. And sometimes people's eye doesn't even make it, you know, they don't make sense of it. Like my son, he said, could you do this, you know, a a collage of me, this was several years ago. And I had, he, he and two other, um, uh, he was on a rowing team. So two other teammates and the back of one of the kids, um, heads, he had a cap on and his hair was popping out through the back. So I was trying to put things in that were interesting to my son. And I would say like, there's David Ortiz, our, you know, big poppy, our hitter for the Red Sox. Nobody could make it out unless you turned it 90 degrees. So it's like these fun little puzzles, I think that, you know, it, his whole face made the hair of this kid come, you know, that was coming out of the cat. And that's like, you know, you can play with things. And I think, um, I did one exhibit where I said in every single, um, collage, you've got to find the dog <laughs> just for fun. You know, some people would come just to go try to find all the dogs, you know, check it off their list. Yeah. I noticed that too. And, uh, um, and some of the, some of the recent works on, uh, on Instagram, um, you started making more of the nature and, and some people. And I, and I started noticing like on people's, uh, pieces of clothing, they're yeah. little, little tiny, like, yeah, like some something extra that's just, something. Yeah, extra something, some words, something that suggests, right. uh, a, you know, little, like traits of personality or exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. So, so it, when when people, um, I guess they love to commission, you know, particularly their kids, because then they say, "All right," and they'll send me like pages of information. My kid likes to do this and this and this, and I try to put it in, and it's so fun. So one of the ones you probably recently saw was the three kids from yes. India. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the dad was really great and the kids were brilliant and musical and just, just wonderful. And each one had their own personality. The the one, one son loved, you know, math and he loved to play Fortnite. He loved sports cars and he loved um, his sneakers and basketball and Michael Jordan and everything. Mm -hmm. So all that got kind of got built in. You just find ways to incorporate it all. And the girl, you know, I did a little video of her just making her face, but she was like a dancing queen and loved um, singing and art. And, but, but the dad said, but overall they're all musical. They perform. So then we did this overall theme of music, you know, where we had the song, some of the songs they had. I found the words like, um, Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen uh-huh. and one of the Beatles songs and that was up in the clouds and the Beatles climbing up a tree and other words from songs they've come up with musical notes going up things. So I think that's like one of the things that can make it really fun and personal for people, you know, when, especially when I'm doing the people, they like that aspect of like, there's this something else that comes out other than just the image. It's yeah, it's amazing. It's really like hidden messages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it it makes sense when you make a commission and you get a lot of information from people who are hiring you for that. But mm-hmm. when you're making something of your own or um, I'm sorry, are you exclusively working on commissions? You know, or you're I'm just not, doing... 
because I work with galleries and uh-huh. I have a show coming up in July. It's a two person okay. show. Yeah. So I have to come up with a lot of work for that, you know, to be able to so, show. So when you do work for yourself and, and you are coming up with those hidden messages, like, um, do you give people hints or something? I mean, I, I know you just said about the dogs, but, or do you, do you like people just discovering them by themselves? You know, I or? would love to meet everyone who buys an artwork that I don't, uh-huh. you know, might be a get through a gallery because I feel like you're missing out. Like there's going to be stuff that you're not going to find unless I tell you, you're just not going to see it unless you rotate it or, you know, it's things get so hidden. And then if I'm at a show and I'm there, it's an opening or something I can talk about the work and point things. And kids are really great at finding things much better than adults because adults brains want to put things together so they don't see disparate parts. And that's really fascinating. You know, that's, that's very interesting. I feel like every single piece of yours uh, deserves to have like a whole story written about it and, and uh, like <laughs> list of uh, little hidden messages and, and you know attached on the back to everyone who buys the artworks like you know, okay. I had somebody who bought a work and they just bought it that was they hadn't commissioned anything in particular they just like this work and then said could you just list everything on a piece of paper <laughs> when you send it that's in there <laughs> where it is so that was kind of cute that's amazing that's yeah uh okay well yeah now I see how you don't get bored of, you know working on one one piece for 200 something hours Mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing um what was the i don't know the most fun or the most unusual you have personally worked on oh gosh i don't know i mean sometimes i get caught up in things that are a little crazy i get a little crazy um one of the works i was working on in boston there were so many layers of who was making decisions. So an art consultancy company, I'd work with them in Seattle. They had opened an office in Boston. So they already knew about my art. So I was on the short list and um, they had contacted me and said, all right, you said it, you, you know, six weeks and then you could, you know, that's how long it would take you. And they just, they had contacted me initially six months before. And they said, guess what? You're chosen. So we'll see this work in six weeks. And I said, no, 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 <laughs> It was six weeks to make it. And I have other things, you know? And they said, we can't let the client down now. You were, do you know how we've been six months of deciding whatever. So this was an eight foot work. And I went to Boston. It was East Boston. This high rise uh, luxury condominium was being built. And this was the main piece. And I had to keep going back to find when the lighting was just right. And you could see from East Boston, the whole skyline of Boston It was the most beautiful view. But I was there at like five in the morning shooting, putting this all together in Photoshop to, to create this panorama. And it kept going back to go to the art consultant. And then, you know, the next layer, the next layer back and forth where it was. Um, they'd say like, oh, we like, you know, this boat, could it move back a little further or the, you know, um, <laughs> and I started putting things on layers in Photoshop and like, how about this? How about this? So at the end, I was left with like three weeks. That was it uh, to create this intense, like all these buildings with all these tiny lights and windows. And, um, and I was working like 18 hours a day, just crazy. And I Gosh. just started throwing in things for fun. I had people parachuting into the city that (laughs) had not approved and I didn't care. It was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going a little nuts and things are going to get a little nutty in this collage. Don't don't mess with the artist. (laughs) (laughs) But they seemed happy. They never mentioned the people parachuting. I don't know if they noticed, but they were in the background. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. That's amazing. (laughs) 
You know, I had people who, um, people like to be in the scenes. I've done a lot of, we have the public garden in Boston. There are these swan boats. People go for these little rides. Somebody pedals. There are like a bunch of people on the swan boat. And this family said, we'd like to be on the swan boat. You know, we'd like to commission this work and the whole family's on the swan boat. So they showed up to this event I was at and they said, couldn't you come out and take pictures of us all, you know, for the swan boat? And I said, I can't, I can't leave. You know, it's an open studio. I'm, you know, manning my station here. And so they set up all these chairs. They lined themselves up in a row and they sent me the images of them just sitting in this, you know, out on the lawn, all lined up in these little chairs. And then they ended up being, you know, put into the scene of there they were on the swan boat, you know, coasting. So I get like all kinds of interesting requests. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> That's so interesting. Uh, uh, do you, do you primarily focus? I mean, Boston is a beautiful city. It is. It's so like, yeah, you can explore it probably endlessly. Uh, do you primarily focus on Boston scenes and, and surroundings or do I, you? I guess- um, city scenes are my favorite and my next show will be cities and towns. Um, so I love that, as I mentioned, especially from an architectural perspective, to be able mm-hmm. to do city scenes, excuse me. Um, what I love about Boston, um, my daughter, for example, lives in Chicago. It's so huge. The buildings, everything, it's not scalable to me where I can go through Boston's North end. And we have all these beautiful historical buildings that are, you can get this whole scene that's amazing, you know, which you wouldn't get if you had this giant highway and, you know, big buildings going down and you're trying to get it. It wouldn't be interesting to people. So I do really, really love um, capturing Boston. I'll do parts of New England, um, go up to Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, capture cows and little scenic things, covered bridges, which I think are beautiful. Um, I am going to be going into New York this spring to, as part of the city town thing, capturing New York, which I love, like the idea of Times Square and all the lights and all the things that I can do with the motion that's happening on, especially if I can capture some taxis, which are rare these days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Do you do any night scenes? Um, I did do a night scene. It pretty recently, somebody from Washington, DC, who travels to Boston quite a bit, go, w- was going regularly to this uh, pizzeria, which is Regina's Pizzeria, which is very famous in Boston. And at nighttime, um, the red brick of the building, um, they have these lights and the whole thing just glows with this incredible red. And she said, can you do something like this? So I hadn't been to Regina's Pizzeria, so I went there and had to have pizza and ate with my family and took photos at night. And it was really fun. And she, you know, it, I I loved it because I love that kind of like the the feeling of like things being kind of gritty, but kind of um, happening and there's motion and neon lights and all kinds of stuff. Um, I did a, a work for Tufts Medical. They're in an area of Boston. It's a Chinatown area. If you look at it, it might be like kind of look a little crummy at times, but um, they said, we'd like something in our area to show for our new conference center. Can you do a couple of works? And I did these works and we just, it was just like this glammed up kind of feeling of like, people are moving through, they're dressed up, you know, it's the lights and the, all the oranges and the purples and everything that's happening, the, you know, signs with the double neon happening. That was really fun to do. Cool. Um, when you first started, uh, your kids, as I understand correctly, they were quite small, quite, quite yeah. little, right? Yeah. So uh, 
share a secret with me <laughs> as, as a new mom. Well, I'm, I'm really I, curious. How- yeah. Well, when I started with them, uh, I mean this, they were actually in elementary school. So I did have that time, you know, Okay. as, and as they got older, you know, they just, um, they, you know, they would see my work, me in the studio all day. They would come in and say, Hey mom, what's going on? And which really meant, what are we having for dinner? No uh-huh. one really in my work at all. Um, <laughs> and I said, Hey, do you want to see what I've been working on? And what my youngest son said one time, he said, it's like, mom, you know, it's like having steak, you know, you always, it's great, but you have it. So, you know, all the time. So, you know, you're, you're not going to be wowed by it each time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what, what to say other than, you know, I was fortunate to have those hours that I, to get started, you know, where they were, they were back, they were in school. Have they ever participated, helped you being interested in, in yeah, uh, creating you know, some uh, sort of art themselves? Well, you know, um, they are not artists themselves. Although my youngest, I thought it was phenomenal. He would, when he was in first grade, he was able to draw, not just like a two-dimensional, like a car, he had it going around a bend and you could see the underside of the wheels, you know? And uh-huh. I thought, well, he really has an interesting ability, spatial relations ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has always been the one who, like, if we go down a street and I say, oh, look at this house, they've changed the colors. Says, yes, that's perfectly appropriate for Victorian. I like how they did the contrast of the purple and the green. So he's sort of an eye. My other son, he doesn't notice like across the street if another story is being built on right out his window in a house or whatever. But so the youngest one has helped me in, I'll say to him um, at the end of the process, I'll say, you know, we, I always what, do what I say, inspect the canvas, which means you're looking for any little pieces of paper that have kind of dried and, you know, are separating and he'll go over the whole canvas and you have to rotate it and put it in different lights and he'll apply varnishes and he'll um, actually help. My works are completely wrapped all the way around with the image. So I extend the image. So simple things he'll do, like if the top is all sky, he'll add all mm-hmm. the blue and stuff. And that really helps. Awesome. How old is he now? <laughs> you know, he graduated last year from college. So he's now 23 or so. Wow. Yes. Coming up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, um, and I assume he did not graduate with uh, BFA, MFA. He, no, he's, do, no. he's doing something else. Yes, all of them <laughs> <Okay>. are. <laughs> That's so interesting. How does it feel to be uh, the only artist in the family? The only artist? My mom was an artist. Okay. So I guess it's it's always been something I've been interested, you know, um, very early on drawing when I was in high school, I was head of the art club, just, you know, just kept going. I just loved it. And I thought, you know, I love math, science. I love to draw. Architecture is perfect for me. And I got into the program and being at that school, Rhode Island School of Design, I learned from, you know, you'd have winter sessions where you'd explore other things. And I got to explore a lot of different departments, um, sculpture and all kinds of things. And it was just, you know, you, you gain so much. I mean, over the years, I love to take classes no matter what it is art classes, because it just is constantly inspiring you and giving you um, new information about how you can use materials or, you know, seeing somebody else's perspective. And so um, can't even remember what we were just started as the the question, but being an artist in the family. Yeah. So I I think like, I just feel like I'm not alone. (laughs) Okay. I see. Yeah.
Let's take a short coffee break. Producing this podcast sure takes a lot of energy. Would you buy me a coffee so I can continue doing it? I would really appreciate it. The link is in the show notes and on our website, intheartscene.com. Thanks for supporting our show. You mentioned the uh, the show in July. Yes. So August. I'm thinking July because I have to get works up for install. Okay. So conveniently, this episode is going to air at the very beginning of August. Oh, perfect. So we have a perfect opportunity to plug your show. Uh So if you want to talk about that a little bit, that will be, you know, appropriate timing. Uh, um, I'm showing with Edgewater Gallery in Middlebury. They are an absolutely amazing gallery. They had um, a a place in Boston at the Design Center for a while. And they've had different galleries in different locations. This is their, they have two galleries in Middlebury, Vermont, and they're both just unbelievable. They have incredible artists. They have the artist who does all the design work for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's from Vermont, you know. So I'm really excited to uh, return to Vermont. and the show will run, I'm showing with another gal, Rachel Wilcox. So it's a two-person show and it will run August and September, two months. Nice. I'll make sure to put the link, any address, oh, everything yeah. in the show notes. So <laughs> everyone who's listening, uh, it's right in time. Um, get Go to the gallery right now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. It, the, the works are fun. Um, it's a different experience than seeing it on a screen or something. Cause uh, yeah. you know, when you see and, and see how big they are, you know, sometimes I look at other people's work and I said, Oh my gosh, look at this. And then I get there and it's like this tiny work. And I'm like, Oh, cause you never have the sense of scale when you're looking at something on a computer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why, uh, like I, I was, I was a little bit at the beginning, I was a little bit confused because, uh, when you look at the tiny image on Instagram, it, it really right. looks like a watercolor. And then when you start blowing things up and, and you see all those little messages and everything, it's like, oh my goodness, how does this work? And yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, 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 I can only imagine seeing this in a full scale, three by four feet uh, with all the little details. It, it must be absolutely incredible. A lot of people assume that it is paint or something else, and I. Um, even when they see it up close, they'll say like, oh, and you must, do you put paint on here? Because I don't know, somehow people don't imagine that you could just make it out of magazine. They think you have to somehow, there must be something else. And and I find like, to me, it's like, well, my office's studio is already a big enough mess. I don't need to add paint and like, that's not my specialty and forget it, you know? But I have a little fun with doing every once in a while um, a collage that's all this dumping of paint tubes and the paint tubes are all made from paper. That's sort of the irony because I'm always being called out as like, you must have paint in here. It's like, there's (laughs) no paint. And here's a whole collage of paint tubes with no paint, you know, but what's fun about doing that collage is I'll put in um, all kinds of references to um, artists from the past. I might have Warhol or Lichtenstein or regional artists and little globs of their works. And it all becomes part of the, the imagery. Awesome. Uh, do you teach anywhere? Do you, do you have your own courses? No, I I've been asked that. And I just don't feel, I just don't have the time. I, I, you know, I'm just pretty much, um, commission works even over the pandemic, there was a six month queue. Uh, so it's just constant. I no. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
have you ever experimented with different mediums? I mean, I know paper is is your medium of choice, and yeah. now, yeah, you're you're busy right. artist. Your studio is completely set up. Uh, but do you have an urge sometimes to experiment uh, with something else, maybe, or maybe in the past you have done something different with different yeah. mediums? So when it when I was at RISD, I did get to explore a lot of things. I um, mm -hmm. and even through um, a community class I took here, which was an illustration class. I love that we were illustrating children's books. It was so much fun to do, and I applied watercolor to the ink images that I did, and nothing came of it. But it was really fun to do. I took um, sculpture classes, um, painting classes. I did um, a class for furniture building, which was really fun. Oh, to do. wow. You build prototypes. And a lot of times you're building out of cardboard or something to start, and then you move on to the final thing. So, yeah, I, I just find it. And then, you know, what, anytime you take any classes, it just opens it. When you go to a museum or you go to a show, you know, you can appreciate it so much more because you dabbled in whatever the artist does and they have the expertise and you don't, but you know, you understand the, the difficulties and the challenges. Yeah. Well, so have you ever tried to combine it with your medium? Like for example, making uh, a sculpture and then, and then paper mache all the collage pieces on top of it or something. I'm, I'm just whipping it up. Yeah. Um, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just keep it really pure, just magazines and, um, I like the fact that now I'm just dealing with discarded things that are, I can recycle. So um, I guess not. Um, I just, I'm still so satisfied with, I feel like I have so much more I want to do still with this medium that I haven't kind of branched out into something different. Well, that that's, that's again, I, I bow before you. <laughs> No. <laughs> I I get so I get so bored with <laughs> yeah I, I need to constantly switch to something new it's uh -huh. uh, yeah I don't know how that works um uh, I, I, I mean I make it like a little joke that sometime someday you know I've got my fashion mag and magazines out and there's perfume ads and that, like maybe I'll do like a collage it's like a scratch and sniff or something you know, <laughs> well that would be actually interesting I know right <laughs> yeah yeah it would be. <laughs> talk about like the most favorite thing you have ever done personally, something, Gosh. something maybe for yourself or for someone else, uh, something that, that means a lot to you personally as an artist. You know, um, I did this recent work, which you can see way over here. Uh -huh. It's from, and I had, um, I had, it's, done a, a, little, it's a beautiful landscape. Thank you. I had done a little video of it on Instagram for people to see where they can just see a little detail of how things get built. And one thing I liked about it was that I was selected from this for this work, just not even, I didn't have to go up against anybody. They just said, we, we want you to do this. And they said to me, um, so what are you going to do? And usually, you know, they have an idea of what they want and I'll go and photograph or whatever. So I went to this um, town, which is Sudbury, and it's a cute New England town. They've got little, you know, um, the cupolas, et cetera. But things are sort of spread out. And I thought it's really not going to work to do a town scene. There's just not enough in the composition. So I went to the reservoir, which is well known. And I was, I, I you know, you have to wait for a day where it's sunny and the, there are few winds so you can get the reflections and such. And I went around. 
And I couldn't believe it. I got, I got home. I got, the, I had these beautiful pictures, which never happened. Cause of, like I said, I'm not a great photographer and I pieced them together in Photoshop and they were so big that they were like over a gigabyte of information. And I said, all right, these, I'm only sending two proposals. They're very similar, just like off by a couple feet here they are. And they were very happy and they picked one. So I was so excited that, you know, I came up with this idea that, that, that I was chosen, whatever, but I loved it because it was like, um, there was so much information, you know, there was like all these reflections that I had to work on, which means I'm using a T square to try to measure, to make sure it's, it's reflecting properly. There were really dark spots, light spots, points where we were getting to the end of fall. There were beautiful pops of color parts where the, the lighting was coming through and reflecting back into the water. So I saw it as more like this beautiful kind of landscape piece, you know, that painters are able to do and that I usually am doing like city scenes or something. So it was something very different um, than my traditional, even when I'm doing something that might be garden-like, it's usually in a city, like at the public garden with swan boats or something where you still get this urban feeling of buildings in the background, et cetera. So this was just all um, just nature. And I thought it was, it was just really um, lovely to do, I guess, you know, just to be work on it every day. It is very different from, from uh, your usual work. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen, uh, you know, this kind of a landscape on your page. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, let's make sure that we put the photo in the show notes. How do people uh, contact you and how, if anyone, if anyone is interested in the commission, yeah. um, how can they do that? So um, they can go to my website. Okay. I have a contact form. It's really simple. It's betsysilverman.com or they can contact me via Instagram. Okay. A number of commissions come through Instagram and I always respond to people. Okay. And it's like six months Betsy waiting Silver list. Collage is my Instagram handle. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'll put all the links on the, in the show notes again, but it's, it's a, it's quite a waiting list right now. You know, right now, well, especially I, I'm, I've got a, a commission. I just started, I have to squeeze in one more and then I have to um, start work for the city town stuff. Cause it's all doing, it's going to be absolutely nutso. No summer for me, all the work I have, all my work, um, from studio is all sold. So it's all mm-hmm. going to be brand new work. So I, that's all I, and then I've got commissions starting again, um, July. So I availability, in, um, excuse me, September. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll see what the situation is going to be like in August, September, because this episode is coming out in August. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I have another question. Uh, you said that through pandemic, you were booked uh, like six months ahead. Yeah. For everything. How did pandemic actually change your work? Because, you know, the lockdown. Um, right. So, I mean, everything was, you know, you, the, all the gallery shows, everything was online. It was really tough for artists. Um, and previously I would say like half of my work was commissioned, but um, I was fortunate to stay busy. Um, we weren't, you know, uh, one thing I love as an artist is to be part of art associations and different groups and be able to talk to other artists and go to the openings and such. And so we all, all of us had that suffered through not being able to have that enjoyment of receptions and such. Um, so I just, you know, just stayed busy and, um, 
a lot of the work, it, it just goes everywhere. You know, I send pieces to London, to Canada, you know, I'm working on a piece for Costa Rica, Boston pieces, the three children that I recently did that went to New York city. Um, so, um, it's some parts changed, but some didn't because it's a lot of times I'm just dealing remote with people Mm -hmm. via the computer. Well, in terms of, in terms of your, um, process, Mm -hmm. um, you like there's still balance right you go outside you take pictures you you know explore the areas and uh, stuff like that and then you then you spend hours in your studio creating something from the reference that you took um being a few months in the lockdown i assume that probably that uh, that balance was shaken a little bit um, uh, how or did you have enough references to just you know i did through? have a lot of references okay so days i'll take like I'll go, it's a beautiful day. I'll take photos. I'll say, oh, it's the beginning of spring or this is perfect peak fall weather in New England. And I'll take hundreds and hundreds of photos. Um, And the commission work, a lot of times it's, they're sending me their own image. And yeah, so they're sending like, oh, um, for example, I did this um, scenery of these live oak trees from this family, their daughter was going to Tulane. She'd just gotten in. This was a gift for the husband. So they sent me the image. And then um, I guess I, I'll show you personally, like what the before and after. Mm-hmm. So it's like bringing it all to life that sometimes you get really crummy photographs, but it's not even about that. It's like, can I see potential in this? Mm-hmm. That's something that could be amazing. So I do get a lot of information, you know, from other people that it's either their kids or their house or this, you know, can you do this scenery? Like the Costa Rica was like, this is the property of this person and they wanted something and the bird, beautiful birds and part of their pool and such. So that will go on. The next one coming up is um, somebody sent me, they were actually in Boston. They wanted uh, a family portrait of a collage of them all at a, at a tailgate of the Patriots game. So things like that. I do, you know, most of the commission stuff is not me coming up with it. It's them sending, hey, could you do something with this? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) That totally makes sense. Um, All right. uh, So we're almost at the top of the hour. Is there anything that you want to say? Something that you wanted to bring to this conversation? Or, I don't know, uh, an advice to... um, a new collage artist who is just trying themselves in the, in this medium, best advice. Yeah, I would say like um, one of the things that early on I was buying what I thought were premium canvases, all my work goes on canvases. And with collage, there's a certain amount of pressure that you're putting every time you lose something. So um, my spouse and I, we eventually went to building our own canvases and we use um it's just top of the line. We use um, Museo products, which are backed by aluminum. It's mm-hmm. wood and aluminum. So the canvases never warp. We use Belgian linen, stretch our own canvases with um, this patented device that makes it really taut. And so all these things I think are really important. You know, the glue I use is a professional glue. It's clear. It will never yellow. People who use Mod Podge are making a mistake. It will yellow over time. You want to use the best products that you can and make sure that you varnish the work. Um, acid-free glue. Um, I apply two layers of um, a UV golden varnish separated 12 hours, and then three layers of um, UV Laskow spray so that the work is really protected because 
paper degrades and it's the, the biggest problem is light. So if you can really protect your image, if you want to do create something professional that you can sell, all of these things are extremely important, I feel. So UV protection is is really important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even magazines I can go through that people send me, I could get a Vogue magazine from 1970. And if I open it, it hasn't been opened in 50 years. It's still pristine inside. It's a, it's a, it's a matter of the light deteriorating. I, I actually remembered one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Oh, good. Yes. You mentioned <laughs> that, um, uh, you were, you were, uh, trying to make your work as green as possible. You're, uh, recycling old magazines. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because this is a, Uh, this is one of the things that I, I personally advocate for. And I've been recently talking to artists who are also incorporating this kind of um, values in their work, taking mm-hmm. uh, some recycled materials or recycled, uh, you know, substrate to, to use instead of canvases or something like that. So yeah. um, uh, how did that come about? I mean, uh, I, I get it. The, the magazines it's easy to just ask people and they will bring you probably a bunch mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. um was it a conscious decision or, or did it just happen and now you kind of stick with it uh do you like working with the vintage magazines because you just mentioned one from 1971 you know, like, like not vintage in the sense like you know this is some home magazine from 1920 say Uh-huh. Um, I am very particular about paper that I do receive for magazines. So I can't receive, I mean, if I receive things like um, Time Magazine or People, the quality of the paper isn't there. So if I create a work with that, it's going to be, once the glue goes on, it's going to be muddy. Mm-hmm. You won't get like really bright whites or the beautiful blues or anything. So that's, that is a consideration. Um, I think it just, I remember doing a project with my daughter. She had this, uh, in school when she was in elementary school, they said, all right, um, create some sort of piece of art uh, of your favorite animal. And she loved German shepherds. So I said, you know, we have this construction paper, all these different colors. What if we just like tear pieces and we just start to build it up and create the different color zones of the animal. So I guess those were like the little transitions that kind of moved me to finally get into magazines because magazines just seem more sophisticated in that there was already imagery, history, little stories to be told on top of whatever you were seeing. So it was all this sort of like um, memory of things that you could incorporate, you know, the layers of information, the text. And that's, I think, Just, you know, you take these baby steps and you start realizing, oh, if I did this, this would even be more interesting. Okay. Have you ever had a magazine that you would look through and it's like, there's no way I will tear it apart? Um, sometimes a cooking magazine has these great okay. images, <laughs> recipes, and I'll like, you know, either take a photo or something and then I'll, I'll wait a while and like, all right, it's, it's had its time, you know, it's... <laughs> most part no i mean i'll 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 tear apart art in america or whatever and sometimes you get duplicates anyway so you're thrilled you've got like backups cool cool <laughs> i yeah i'm i'm um i'm kind of a sucker for for the vintage stuff uh and i yeah. uh, i was shopping like a few months ago i was shopping at one of the thrift stores in the area and i found this uh it's a life magazine from 1946 oh yeah that would be hard I, yes, I, I spend because like, it has value too. I mean, it you know, 
it it does it does so there was an article something about the like the it was very end of the world war ii uh and uh me having a background in marketing and advertising seeing all those ads uh that are you know very misogynistic like right the woman ironing and woman ironing or or, yeah yeah or like a new refrigerator like how Uh your wife is gonna love you love this new refrigerator or doctors smoking cigarettes promoting Uh cigarettes or something like that so to me it was just like I have no idea what to do with this magazine. I like I, I don't even, I don't even collect the magazine. Uh-huh. I I paid fifteen dollars for the magazine. Yeah, I put it in because a, it was so fascinating. Yeah, it was fascinating. So so I was curious if, if something like that happened to you that you get something and it's too valuable to rip apart. You know, I I have had some magazines that had like old images of um, JFK, Jackie, uh-huh. and and I I still probably would cut through them. <laughs> something really great that happened like in a scene in Boston where he was and I could you know kind of include it you know it's sort of like the person's buying the art from you so why not include something really like I have a a work that has I found this image of a very old ticket Red Sox ticket from Uh 1920s and then you know it was a picture of it and I thought this is so beautiful it blends perfectly with this building and then it's like a little fine for the person who buys it you know it gets it still gets saved in its own way right yeah, so in a way you're giving it a second life. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a that's a great perspective. <laughs> it lives okay. on. <laughs> yes. And you protect it probably better than, you know, uh, someone would yeah, in the, exactly. yeah, collecting it yeah. in a shell somewhere. Where it just sits on the dusty shell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I should send you that 1940. <laughs> 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 All righty. Well, um, thank you so much for your time because I know how busy you are and uh, I was just uh, thrilled when you respond to my email. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for reading was, out. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, I don't know if I tried, have I tried to contact you on Instagram? You did. And I, when I saw your name, I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, this is, you contacted me before. So I thought I got, I got to get, you know, sometimes <laughs> I get so overwhelmed and I'm like, oh shoot, I'm going to get back to this. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm persistent. Don't worry. <laughs> I would have gotten you on the podcast anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for, oh, for having an hour of your time out of your busy schedule. It was on so Saturday. wonderful to talk to you. I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a true pleasure. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. I really I really did enjoy talking to you. It was wonderful. Well, uh, we'll see. Probably, maybe I will be able to travel to Boston by September ish because I would really love to see your exhibition. Although it's going to be in in Vermont, that one. The one in, in okay. August, September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, uh, I'll make sure to include all the information, all the references, and it would be really nice to see some some sort of a before and after, like a reference photo uh, sure. compared to the to finished work. Yeah, yep. because that. I'll send you the uh, five foot, what it looks like, you know, when it, you know, is photographed properly and some before and afters that you can see what I'm, <laughs> what, <laughs> what I keep that might be crummy photography or what people send me that's not. Yeah. perfect either so yeah that would be awesome that would be really awesome well thank you so much betsy and uh, enjoy the rest of your saturday you too i hope you're enjoying the holiday and doing things with family even though you're feeling worn down and ready to be done we're gonna power through a passover seder today (laughs) have fun thank you all All right right. Uh, well thank you and i will see you again in the art scene It has been another episode of In the Art Scene Podcast. 
If you liked today's conversation, please give us a good review on Apple and go listen to other great stories. Check out our website intheartscene.com or follow us on Instagram at intheartscene for more content. If you are a creative and you want to share your story, shoot us a message from the website or DM us on Instagram. Look forward to seeing you next time in the art scene.